I'm Christina Torres, and I'm on a mission to help baby big deal brands embrace their big deal energy, aka the vibes, verbal strategy, and customer experience that makes them unlike anyone else in the market. So many of my clients have that thing, that thing that draws people to them, but it feels kind of elusive and pretty hard to nail down. Add to that, they're wildly creative, crazy busy, and have a hard time fitting into traditional strategic marketing boxes. That's a recipe, my friends, for a whole mess of wildly talented people burning bright and then burning out. That's where I and this podcast comes in, helping brands like yours move out of the fake it till you make it and into the be it while you make it with a blend of systems, gorgeous customer experience, and bold, easy to design messaging advice from me and the occasional biz bestie. So best regards to burnout and half-baked messaging and say hello to big deal energy vibes, bank accounts, and boundaries. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, y'all. Today is a great one. We have the amazing, the talented, the super ginger, as she likes to refer to herself. We have the amazing Belinda Weaver. I'm so excited. Belinda Weaver is one of my very first C-suite CMO clients from back in the day. That's when it was called something else. And it shall remain nameless because it's trademarked and I can't use it anymore. But anyway, we had a blast working together and we chatted a lot about then, now, and what it looks like from a copywriter's perspective to go from the copywriter in the trenches to scaling as a mentor and a course creator and all those fun things from delegating to really stepping in your CEO energy. A little bit about Belinda and our time together. First of all, she is the queen of the Jeff Goldblum meme, okay? Absolutely. I just, I can't thank her enough for (laughs) how many Jeff Goldblum memes that I got to create. It was amazing. Anyway, a little bit about her. Belinda Weaver is a copy coach helping aspiring and working copywriters supercharge their income, create financial stability, and avoid career burnout. She believes the whole point of being your own boss is to create a job that's better than the one you left. With 10 years of experience in the game, Belinda has courses, coaching, and mentoring that helps build skills and confidence so more writers can ditch the hustle and enjoy the journey of their work. She is an Aussie living in California with her pug, two daughters, and husband, listed in the order of neediness. I absolutely love that aside. Belinda is obsessed with Doctor Who, English murder mysteries, and making the perfect lemon curd. And that's why we get along so well. I feel like same, same. Enjoy the episode. It's going to be so good. And here we are, Belinda Weaver and my conversation. Enjoy. Hi, Belinda. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, I'm excited too, Christina. Thank you. I'm glad we could make this work. We were just talking about scheduling kerfuffles and just trying to find time in each other's calendar when you have families and appointments and meetings and deadlines. It's no joke. It really is no joke. And I feel like every time I email someone and I get this gorgeous like bounce back about like, all their email boundaries and calendar boundaries. I'm like, mm. good for you, but you're also clogging my inbox with this this adulting piece of information that I will never use. I'm yes. still going to email you. Conceptually, 
I completely yeah. agree and endorse this. <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm glad you have these boundaries, but also, you're, no. So, I thank you for being very receptive to my hot mess CRM, which is funny because I just did a podcast on that, and it's good to know. No matter what stage in business you are, you're still a hot mess. There's always a hot mess somewhere. Somewhere there's a little fire <laughs> that needs to be fought that you may or may not be paying attention to that may or may not grow. That's, you know, that's the journey. It's all that letting go of perfection stuff, right? If you think it's all yeah. going to be working all the time, you might be in for a rough ride. <laughs> well, that thing is a perfect segue because it's literally what you teach other copywriters to kind of let go of their perfectionism, really build businesses around their brains and their families and their skill set, and not necessarily like what everyone tells them their copywriting business should be like. But that's not how it started. You were a copywriter, you were in marketing. So take us on this journey from going from copywriter to copywriter mentor and membership. So when I found out about copywriting on some sales day conference full of a pitch fest but and that really changed everything for me because I was working full-time I thought that was going to be my whole career just working corporate jobs being vaguely unhappy looking for the weekend and found copywriting and like most people went this is it well most copywriters you know this is it and I did that for quite a few years actually and then we moved to the US from Australia and I realized that Trying to meet client deadlines who were in a different time zone, oh, with a 10-week-old baby, wasn't as easy as I kind of thought it would be. Being a control freak, I thought I'll just work through it. You know, I'll juggle all the things and spin all the plates and my sheer determined will will make the universe bend <laughs> to what I need it to be. Didn't work at all. So that was actually when I started thinking about digital products, creating a course. I created a copywriting course, but I was still working with clients at the same time. And this is the, in well, it was interesting for me looking back, the transition to being a copy coach and a mentor actually took a long time because I was worried that if I gave up writing for clients, I was giving up a really big part of my identity and that I somehow wouldn't be as legit a teacher if I wasn't in the trenches. But the impact that that had was that I wasn't one thing or another. I was running a course that was going really well. I started a membership, a private coaching group called Confident Copywriting. It was starting to get some traction and I was still trying to write for clients and it meant that I didn't have a lot of time to write for clients and I was always under pressure and I didn't really have a lot of time for the membership and the program so I was always under pressure so I was just spinning more plates and putting myself under more pressure and not doing anything very well as well as motherhood you know putting that into the mix as well and that was the point where I went I really love coaching copywriters and mentoring copywriters and teaching copywriters. So I'm going to go all in on that. But I still didn't call myself a copy coach until maybe last year. 
Like I still went, I'm a copywriter and a copy coach. And it's only recently, so that's, you know, like five years in. So it's funny how these okay. like little identity crises happen when you shift what you're doing into something that might be different to what you've done before. It's kind of tricky, all this head junk that came up. So yeah. I'm glad I've finally embraced it because I think I'm all right at it and I really enjoy it. And this is what I want. I, was gonna, I would have never guessed that. <laughs> Considering we worked on building that membership together. Yes. Um, I'm like, excuse me? I, so I think that's a great question. When did you know? That's so funny because I feel like there's people, I'm not going to throw shade, but there's people who create courses and memberships that I feel haven't, I hate saying this, but paid their dues long enough to then go ahead and be like, I'm a copy writer mentor or I'm a copy coach or I'm a whatever where you're like okay like what I, I guess and now you're just saying five years in five years in having those things not even five years in being a copywriter five mm -hmm. years in running those programs you're now like okay I can say in full breath copy coach or copy mentor how long did it take you to go from being a copywriter and I feel like a lot of copywriters like I can hear them saying when do I know I'm ready to go from taking on clients, doing the copywriting grind, writing my copywriting business to then saying, you know what? I want to do something else with this. Like I, I think my strength lies in being a copywriter mentor or teaching other people how to create a copywriting business. Like when did that shift happen for you? Let's say. Yeah, it happened for me. I'd been writing for clients for four years, which does not sound very long considering I've been in the biz for 13 years now. But by four years, when you've been writing, you are, according to all the graphs on the internet, an experienced copywriter. The thing is, I don't think there is a number that you cannot make a change until you've reached a number. Like it might be years of experience, it might be an hourly rate, it might be an annual income. It depends. It depends on you. I think what's a useful thing is to understand what you actually really like doing and why you might want to make a change. And if you really love this kind of process of helping other people, what can be important to understand is all the things that can go wrong. That's actually really useful. And you often find those out in your first year or two because you make all the mistakes, but to also be open to all the different solutions. For example, a lot of the times I talk to copywriters now, there are tools available that hadn't even been dreamed up when I started copywriting. And I'm honestly not this old, but it sounds like it. Zoom wasn't even a thing when I started copywriting. I took briefs on the phone. I'm holding my hand up like a phone gesture. So a lot of the things that we have today to make our jobs and our work and our systems and our processes so much easier and smoother and more client focused weren't around. But I'm still able to talk about them as solutions because I'm really interested in how the industry is evolving and changing. So I don't think you do have to pay your dues, but you have to have enough experience to be a credible voice. And part of that can be all the mistakes and the situations. But again, you don't have to have had a rough ride before you get to help other people through it.
But I totally understand what you're saying because if someone's on the scene in any industry for a hot minute, they're just not as credible as someone with more experience. And so if you're new to copywriting and you think, actually, I think I'd like to do something different with this, you've got to find other ways to put your credibility on the table. If it's not your years as a writer and it's not speaking gigs or articles in Entrepreneur and all those kind of things we, we often look at and go, ooh, Forbes, you have to find other ways to say, I am in a position to help someone else. And it's just a little bit trickier. And it's exactly the same challenge as when you start out on co in copywriting. And you're like, I don't have a lot of clients. I don't have a lot of projects. So you've got to give people other things to focus on that make you a credible choice. It's not impossible. It's just a little harder. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think if I look back, like if I'm like, okay, I may have not or I may not ever. I won't say ever. Because I'm starting to learn the thing that I say I absolutely don't want to do is the thing I have to do. Mm -hmm. Like the thing that is going to help me scale. <laughs> That's going to help me scale. Like when you said, I created a course, my body was like, Bleh. I can't, my brain can't possibly put that together. But I think to your point, there's experience, right? You may not have, and I love the, you made that point. You may not have the article in Forbes. You may not have all these little things, but these are things that on the outside looks like, oh, someone taps someone and said, you're an expert. When quite frankly, you reach out to those people, mm -hmm. you create a piece of content and they say yes or no. Yeah. And that's what makes you look like an expert. And to be quite frank, I think Forbes is a lot of fluff business. Like it's not very helpful for it. They, they're advertising. It's a magazine and they advertise and they just need to fill up content like Instagram or anywhere else does. But to your point, that has nothing to do with it. There's like, there's these experiences that you may have had or mm -hmm. didn't have, right? Like if you hear, that was something I just needed to hear right now. Like I didn't have a lot of the copywriting struggles that a lot of people had because I, from the gate, had a lot of boundaries. I was no. already a mother. I was a single mother. I only have so much time in a day. Yeah. And scope creep is not even possible. Like it would make me upset. It would make you upset. Here's the boundaries. And I always thought like, uh, I guess I could help other copywriters do that but more importantly i think it's like where your strength is where you want to change the world and if you don't want to be a copywriter like i was like i'd rather do more of the strategy stuff like i'd rather help the other people who i work with very closely create those boundaries mm. and like help them with their marketing thing because i just know marketers need marketers copywriters don't write copy for themselves because they're too busy writing copy for their programs or for their clients and they're usually the last right what I would like to highlight too is when I started my career, I have always done the should be's. Like I saw other people's ascension triangles and I was like, oh, if I don't want to do this anymore, then I have to do a course. And if I do a course, then I have to do a membership. And I've been on that path of looking at what other people are doing and going, oh, okay, that's the checklist of success because the people I'm looking at, they have all these things. So clearly that's what I need to do. Where I'm at now is helping copywriters understand that that's not what they have to do. Yes, you can have a digital course and a program and do coaching and, you know, VIP days and, 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 and have a podcast and all the things, but at some point you have to go, what's the part of my job that I really love doing? 
I want to do more mm-hmm. of that. And there's often a voice that says, but I like doing that and I find it enjoyable and maybe a little easy. Do I get to do that all the time? And that's when we get in our own way and we make life really hard for ourselves. And I think yeah. that's what I would love, say, earlier Belinda to know, even though it's led me to where I am now and I've really enjoyed it and I might have chosen the same path, this whole idea of a success checklist of like, oh, I need to have a course. No, no, you don't. Like if you want to scale your revenue, there's actually different ways of doing it. Courses are really bloody hard work as well. So you've really got to like it. You've got to enjoy it, to stick with it. And so I love that you're saying, I discovered that what I love doing was the strategy piece. Lean into that. And I think there's, I love conversations of more and more letting go of the should, I should be doing this. I know I have to do that. No, you don't. Not if you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 that's really great. I think a lot of it was that I had given myself so much, like you said, pressure for like, why does this come so easily? Why do I know these things without taking these 50,000 courses or this person that or that person saying like, do I intuitively know? Like, is this confidence or ego? Or like, why do I know these things? And it works, but there's a part of me that still is kind of like, where do you get the balls to say that you know those things? You didn't take that course. You didn't follow that ascension triangle. You know um, where you get them though? You get them from working with people and having it work and collecting their stories. And for whatever you want to move into, if you're like, well, I haven't got a lot of experience, you just start collecting stories from people as you go. And then all of a sudden, you've got a lot of stories. That's a real big bank of credibility of people going, yeah, I work with Christina and these are my results. You don't need other voices and other logos to make it more real than all the stories of all your clients. But that starts with working with one client and it working and then another and another and another. And then all of a sudden you've got reviews and testimonials coming out of the wazoo. Right. Right. That's something that like we all have to, I wish more people, there's this weird, (laughs) there's this weird thing in the online industry. I don't want to say that there's a level where like, you kind of like, Oh, okay. That gave me enough confidence. Like, running your business on vibes gave you enough confidence and then you're like you know what now i need to stop minding everyone else's business and i need to start looking at my own data my own stories so that that doesn't happen like if i was just focusing on or anyone not saying me but like in general the proverbial me if i was just focusing on my data on the results i was getting people on collecting those results I wouldn't look so much left and right because it wouldn't even matter. Like this is what works inside of my business for my own, whatever zone of excellence. Yeah. It took me so long to get to the big leap, but I finally did. I was like, why didn't I read this before? (laughs) I kind of hate that. I love this book. (laughs) I know. Cause it felt so like, Oh, I've got to read the business book. Everyone else has read, but it's true. Like, it's like, okay, I just focused on the data and the storytelling. For this part, then I don't really have to worry about this one's, you know, this certificate or that clout from being in that program. It's a really interesting way to think about programs because you're talking about being in someone else's program as a credibility booster. But I know people who intentionally do not join any mentoring 
or programs or coaching because they do not want to feel like their success is down to someone else, that they haven't thought of it themselves. And just to flip that conversation around, I love being in programs and getting coaching and mentoring because it's a shortcut. But if you don't need the shortcut, don't do validation learning. And I think that's the bit of a trap. Like I love learning a blueprint because it'll get me where I want to go faster. I don't know this. You do. Teach me your ways, Obi-Wan. Zoom, I'm off. But there's a tricky spot where you start buying things and you're like, ah, I kind of already knew this. And that's yeah. just validation learning. And that's when we're like, yeah. no, I know enough now. I just, I just need to get on with it. Yeah, yeah. I used to beat myself up, like, if I joined something and I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea. But, like, two or three years later, I'd be like, oh, I need to create the antithesis of that. Like, there's good use in investing in things that, like, to your point, it's just like, why am I investing in this? Am I investing it for it to be validated? Am I investing it because there is an actual knowledge gap, mm. which is possible, mm -hmm. right? It's possible. Do I want to join something because I like the caliber of people? And I'm not really Ooh, yeah. concerned about the core. Like, I don't care about the coursework. I'm not going to do this coursework. But I would love to pick Belinda's brain. And I want to talk to, like, I want to have more copywriter friends. And if this is the way I got to do it, then this is the way I have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I have pay to play. I have joined programs to get closer to the person running the program and to be in the room with the other people. And again, I know people who diss that and I'm like, no, this is legit because I know the people, the copywriters in my membership really well. And when there are opportunities to shine a spotlight on them, I absolutely do it. That is one of the benefits, not only for the coaching and the learning and the progression, but being in different rooms can be really useful to your career. It's just about how you look at these investments and being strategic about what you hope to get out of it that takes it beyond FOMO because <laughs> we all have that. Like, oh, there's, yeah. I mean, there's things that I see and I'm like, no, don't buy it, Belinda, because you do not need it. You already know the people who are there and you need to get on and implement your own work. Do the things that you are already on your list. <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Just do the work. Implement. You already know enough. So now, actually, when I'm investing, I don't know enough, by the way. I don't know all the things. This is something I'm constantly talking to myself about. But when it comes to doing new things, I'm at a point where I don't want to learn how to do it myself. I want to pay mm. someone else to do it for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's a new addiction I have. <laughs> out of like, this, is getting out of, this is getting out of control. <laughs> But that's the difference. Like, no, you don't understand. It feels so good. So it's, it's so addictive. nice to have an expert take care of something or know that something's being taken care of. Yeah. And that you don't have to do it. And it took, I knew it like intuitively, but I was just like, uh, but having this how would be such a great, like, you know, a good wrench inside my toolkit to help my clients yep. knowing yep. this how. And maybe even helping with the delegation part. Like there's a part of me and I don't know what therapist I need to talk to about it, but I need to like, I need to kind of know. Oh, I think, that's I think that's important though. So I can tell someone like, no, that's not how I would like it done. And it's, 
I'm working on it because there are some things like Christina, you can't possibly know everything. But, but I do like to advocate for myself. I want to be able to advocate for myself and for my business and be like, eh, that's not it. That's not I work. agree a hundred percent with that. And and my example is I've just started doing Facebook ads, which has taken me a long time and a lot of head junk to get to. I pretty much found anything else I could possibly do marketing wise than doing Facebook ads. But here I am finally. But I don't want to learn how to do Facebook ads myself. But I do understand Facebook ad strategies and I understand what I want from it. And I want to know enough to know I'm not getting bullshitted. But I don't want to have to understand how the back end of Meta works. And I don't want right. to have to understand how to solve every problem that will absolutely come up. And I think that's the difference. You've got to know enough to know if it's a good idea or not and what you want and if it's working. But you don't need to know all the bits. But in the beginning, you need to do it yourself because you just ain't got enough money. Hey, are you enjoying Best Regards so far? Have some feedback for us? Want us to talk about a certain topic? Want to be featured? Well, go ahead right below in our show notes and we have a link. I'm pretty sure it's give feedback, get featured. <laughs> um, and you can go ahead and leave us your reviews, your feedback, what you'd love to see more of, what you'd love to see less of, and someone you'd love to have featured on the podcast. And that could easily be you. Okay, toot your own horn, all right? Be your own cheerleader. Put yourself out there. <laughs> Go ahead and let us know in the link. It's in our show notes, and we're so happy you're here. Best regards. You know, you talked about boundaries. Outsourcing and boundaries and systemizing, all these kind of things, I think copywriters are learning a lot faster than I did. And it's thanks to all the little nooks of the internet that are helping the industry level up. And so I love it. I love seeing copywriters get further faster than I ever did. And then I have to capture yeah. my own narrative to go, oh, you're taking so long and everyone's going so much faster than you. No, 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 no. That's yeah. my journey. Right. I'll get there in my own good time. I am where I'm meant to be, et cetera, et cetera. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. When did you know, like, okay, enough of the how, it's time for the who's. Like, I feel like you started hiring, like, when I when we were working together, you had a lot of, you had a lot of systems. You're super organized. You may not think so, but I thought you were. That You had someone who was more or less, not full-time, but they were working pretty closely in your business, and you had a lot of contractors. When did you figure out, okay, no more how. We don't need to know all the how. We need some people. We need some people. I think... You were my first. Like I already had a VA, but I think working with you was when I was like, I am looking for someone who can come in and do some heavy lifting on this. Like, I yes, I can do it, but I want yeah. someone else to, to come in and take this off my plate and working with you with the start of that. And I think it was really reinforced in the pandemic. Like I think that's mm. when a lot of us went, hang on, why, why are we working so hard again? Like, what's this all for? And that's when I really started taking a good hard look at the kind of work I was doing, the kind of work I was not outsourcing. I'm a terrible one for going, well, this seems really trivial to ask my VA to do, so I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. So that's when I really started going, okay, yeah, 
well, what do I want to work on? What am I good at? What do I enjoy? I really need to hand over all this other stuff, even though I can do it. And the inner control freak is like, you could just totally do this yourself. You've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And so that was when it really started gaining momentum. And I remember saying to myself, all I want to do is write and coach. And so Ooh. I started actively changing who I was working with to hand over anything that wasn't writing or creating teaching content and coaching. Yeah. No, that's so good. I have a board, <laughs> whether or not I do the things on the board, but there's only like three things each day. And I just took a picture of it and I sent it to my OBM. And it's like, if it's not these things, I don't want to be doing it. She's like, that is a great place to start. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, what do I give you? What don't I give you? And she's like, what do you want to be doing? What do you only want to be doing? And I was like, okay, that's great. And then I noticed like, what are the things that I procrastinate or give myself a lot of head junk about? And she's pretty smart and she does a lot of marketing stuff. And she's gotten my voice pretty, I was like, my voice doesn't even make sense quite frankly, but thank you. Thank you for taking that on. And I'm like, you know what? Can you also do this? Cause I'm not doing it. I said I was going to do it two weeks ago. I'm clearly not going to do it. Can you do it? Yes. Like, I can do it. And can it, do it. it can feel like cheating. And that's when we get in our own way. It can feel like we should be paying our dues and doing the hard yards and all that. No, no, really smart people figure this out a lot sooner than I did. And yeah start taking steps to protect the boundaries, to outsource some things because what really what happened with my revenue was when I started outsourcing, I got to execute on ideas like my mastermind. Mm. Now, that's a big rock. That That's a big income rock that I was like, I would love to do this, but I simply don't have the capacity. Well, that's because I'm faffing around doing lots of other things that I can do that other people can do just as well. And yeah. when I freed up my play, I went, okay, I can do a mastermind now. And so it, it sounds counterintuitive, but the more I outsource, the more revenue potential there is and the more I'm earning. Wow. So walk us through all the things we have now <laughs> because of all your outsourcing. So you have the you have the membership. Walk us through all that because I haven't heard of this mastermind. Maybe I have, but I want to well, hear the progression of all these ecosystems because there's like this huge thing now. Is like you offer one thing and you offer one thing only, yes. and I'm like, okay, uh, that sounds great. A little bit boring, but, um, <laughs> right? But people graduate out of things, which I've noticed. Yes. My clients. We do usually three or four projects. And then after we do three or four projects, what is there left for me to know or do? Like I do my best to not give you things that we have to update constantly, right? I'm not creating work. At least that's not my ecosystem is to create work that I know sneakily. I will have the updates very soon. <laughs> like, right? Like, I'm like, no, you have some integrity. Let's get this to age, right? Let's get this to age well. Cause I do not want to rewrite your website anytime soon. And after those four projects, I'm like, what could we possibly do? And that's where, well, someone trademarked it, so I can't use it anymore. But that's where Pocket CMO had started from. And I was like, yeah. I've done as many copy things that I could possibly do for you. I know all your offers, and now I know your whole, I know the whole thing now. I feel like really confident that I can start making those bigger 
marketing decisions for you yes. so that you can go do whatever you want to do right so i'm like well then that's a new offer yeah and now there's other things in there right like there's other things so i'm guessing that's kind of what happened for you we started with this one thing and we're like oh what do people graduate yes to? So the writing program that's now the Copywriting Incubator, it used to be called the Copywriting Masterclass. That was my first one. It's, you know, 12-week, teach you everything I know kind of thing. But it has a lot of feedback and coaching. So I review everyone's work through the program. But there's a limit to the number of people I can work that closely with. And I also don't talk about how to run a business. So that was the that was the end. And it was like, well, once you know how to write, you do need to know how to run a business. And that's when I created Confident Copywriting, which is the monthly subscription. It's monthly coaching. And we talk about writing, marketing, money, systems, client admin, mindset, like all the stuff that you have to be across to create a business that you really love to work in. And so that's the ongoing nature. The, the incubator is the deep dive. The confident copywriting is the ongoing mastery, but also the business development. But as to your point, copywriters were graduating. We celebrate a graduation from the membership because, and they were saying, I arrived wanting to become a more confident copywriter. I wanted this, this, and this. And now here I am. I have these things. I'm, I'm earning this much money. I'm only working with clients I love. My boundaries are in place. I genuinely mm -hmm. love what I do. And if you ever have a next step, tell me. And they, they go off into the world. And so for many years, I was like, I really need a next step. And that mm -hmm. was the mastermind that it, there's just in its second cohort. It's called the CEO Catalyst. And I actually reached out to many of the copywriters who had graduated from Confident Copywriting and said, oh, hey, <laughs> You know how you said you'd be right. interested? And the first cohort was almost 80% ex-confident copywriters who were like, finally, at last, because there's lots of different mentors and coaches and program creators and people you can work mm -hmm. with. But there's a there's a vibe in a tribe. You've got to find the people who go, yes, this is someone I agree with. And so that was the next step. But it's I've let it be an evolution because... I could have launched everything a lot earlier, but I wouldn't have been ready. Creating confident copywriting as my coaching group made me a more confident copywriter and I'm gaining in confidence. And I would have loved to have launched a mastermind years ago, but I wasn't ready. And yeah. so when I was like, now I am on fire and ready to help other copywriters become CEOs of their business. And it's nice to show up in a space. Like I really, you shouldn't wait till you're ready. You should do it before you're ready. But there's also something mm -hmm. about going, I can now stand in this space and look someone in the eye and really talk about the value of this with confidence. Yeah, I'm still figuring yeah. stuff out. <laughs> Let's, we're, still, we're still kind of paving the road as we go. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But it's, you know, I've really, I have a lot of acceptance for myself to launch things when they're going to be good and when I'm ready to really shout about them with confidence. No, that's so good. Speaking to that, have you ever created anything that's super flopped? Like you're yes. like, this is going to be it. And I'm just thinking about it because for me, it was sort of looking back now that I'm doing like C-suite CMO 2.0. I'm like, wow, that re even though it did really help get results, 
it flopped. It flopped for me because I burnt my, I, I just wasn't, I, I'm really proud of launching something that I wasn't ready, like wasn't ready, ready for, but I was ready. Like, mm -hmm. let's do this. And then, and then it flopped. It flopped for me. Like I just didn't, I didn't think about it all the way. And now that I've had some experience in the game, I'm like, we can redo this and even better, right? Is there anything you were like, because we talk about this progression and we, it always sounds great. You're like, yeah, that's what I want to do. But no one ever talks about the flops. Like, um, even though this is going to be a success, I know it is. It flopped hard for me internally, not externally, but internally it was, it was a flop. Yeah. It was, well, just wasn't few, the right time. I've had a few things I'm looking at right now. You know, I've played with a few little low ticket offers and stuff like that. Some are working well, mm. some are not. And I'm just, I like the fact that I can look at stuff now and go, oh, that's not working. Not, I suck and I'm terrible and I came up with a bad idea, but I can look at my funnel and go, yeah, that's no one's buying that. So it's either the wrong thing or it's pitched like it's messaging or it's, yeah. not, sol it's not solving a problem that people have. So there's lots of different reasons. I like to play, twiddle. Is it the price? Is yeah. it the messaging? Or do we just take it off? But I think a big one is I created a copywriting program for business owners called Everyday Copy. Awesome name, great branding, got some very cool stickers. Got a lot of stickers that I can't give away now. But <laughs> I ran it twice and I was like, this is not right. This is not the program that business owners need. I am asking too much of business owners. Like I was trying to teach them to be copywriters. And I was like, that's not what they need. So this is too big. Even though the people loved it, the people. Yeah. The people who took the program, the business owners, they were like, this is amazing. I love it. But at the same time, well, this is not the right thing. And if I'm going to make this work, I need to give it airtime, attention, all that kind of stuff that I don't have. And when I give it to business owners and teaching them how to write copy for themselves, I'm taking it away from copywriters. And that was another moment in my career. I went from, oh. I created that program because I thought I was leaving money on the table. I thought people need to know this. I can just take this and I'll do yeah. this. And it'll work really well. And I put money into creating this branding and I ran it a couple of times. And on the surface, successful but I was like if I'm going to grow this I actually have to take time away from my ideal niche audience and that was the moment where I went again okay I'm letting go of something to go all in on audience yeah in the same way I let go of writing copy for clients to go all in on being a mentor and coach and it just it yeah. took me that little bit of a bumpy year or two to go, yeah, no, I'm, I'm letting that go. But what it, it helped me do, that was actually the catalyst of me stopping running the, the Copywriting Masterclass, which was my program for copywriters. I took that content, completely smashed it apart and rebuilt it into the Copywriting Incubator because when I created that first program, I didn't know anything about learning design. I just vomited information mm. into PDFs. And... It was still on the surface of it, a really successful program, sold out nearly every time. But what I learned from this course for business owners was I was, you know, 10 years further on. I had taken more programs. I understood what it yeah. was to create a more engaging experience. Yeah. And so you've got to, you know, what's the silver lining of 
spinning everyday copy, well, the copywriting incubator now is is really good because yeah. of that. Oh, that's awesome. I liked everyday copy. <laughs> but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It kind of cannibalized it, and you're like, uh, these business owners. I think to your point where we were talking about earlier, like it's good to know how, like what good copy looks like. Yeah. And what your good copy would look like. But at some point, like we don't want you writing your copy forever. That's not your job as a business owner. And copywriting is it's its own job. It's its own industry. Yeah. And if you think about like all the parts, and I think that's where we've all kind of left. I think the pandemic helped us realize right before the pandemic, there was this real huge push. And I think even now we're still using that messaging of solopreneur. It got us in a sticky place. Because we all were like, okay, we're all, we didn't say freelancers. We were small business owners. Like we weren't really, we were told freelancing was not a cute word. Don't say freelancing. We were like, whatever. I'm a small business owner and I'm going to do all the things. And I think that's really easy when you're a marketer because like 70% of running a business is marketing. You're like, well, I'm a marketer. I'm good. I'm going to do all the things. Yeah. But you're like, is that really, is that really smart? Is that maybe cannibalizing? I'm teaching other business owners to write their own copy, and then really that's hurting maybe other parts of their businesses. So that's that was a really like one or two years is not bad. Yeah, that's a good. You know, took a few quarters to realize nah, that's even though I'm super successful. Yeah, just I don't like like letting go of ideas, you know, and that's especially things that I created. I was like, oh, I just need to work harder at it. And I was like, actually, if I give this more time and energy, I'm taking that away from confident copywriting. Yeah. So, you know, that's it's all in how you see it and it's that separation of that idea is not working, not I'm not making this successful. Yeah. You've got to separate and let things go so that you can try new things. And I think in the last five years, I've adopted a much stronger sense of experimentation. Let's give it a go. Mm. And this kind of idea of not investing too much before it's a proven idea. I Mm. lean into that a lot more these days. Let's create this minimum viable version. Let's do a beta test. Whereas before I was like, oh, no, I'm bringing the whole circus fully formed. Everyone's got (laughs) costumes. And then, oh, actually, that's not quite the right thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And that's hard Mm. because you're, like, so invested. You're like, this is such a good idea. And I just want it to be great. Like, I want people to get as much value as humanly possible, whatever that means. I just want to make sure everyone gets what they need. And it's like, "Hmm, but how do we know? Yeah, Because we haven't even run it yet. Yeah. And I, I want everything to be amazing. Yeah. Sorry. You know, you're really good at it. <laughs> you're really good at it. You're really good at it. And you're super like, I think working with people who are really good at what they do and they're creating these programs and memberships, at least it gives me like some hope that maybe one day, one day we'll hire someone to create that for us. But there are really good programs out there. There are people who really care about the in and out. They're not super. Like, I like the idea of a natural progression of people graduating into things Mm -hmm. as opposed to I came in knowing that I'm going to stop people's knowledge here and then I'm going to sell them something. You know, we're going to stop right here because I know here they're going to need more. And you're like, ooh, I don't 
Well, you that. know, like it's still the same model, but it's a different yeah. way of coming to it. Like, oh, we have to build this. We have to. Oh, people want this. We got to build this new thing as opposed to like I knew all along. Like <laughs> <laughs> the creepy cat villain. Like, aha. Uh-huh. Like, oh. you know, I knew, I don't, know, I don't know, maybe that's a story I tell myself, but I, I do think there's a, even though it's the same thing, it's, it's a nice way to think that like, oh, I want to give my people more. I want to serve more, actually serve more. Yeah. Then, all right, here's a trap door. Whoops. Yeah. Oh, do you need some help now? I have a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the 997. <laughs> for the next five minutes only. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it works so well for a lot of people, and, and this is all going back to finding the voices you want to listen to, especially with coaching mm-hmm. and when you join programs. Sometimes if you join too many, there's too many voices, and you're like, I'm getting too many ideas. It's good to do a little bit of an inventory and go, who am I listening to? Are they yeah. still aligned? Have I got too many voices? Have I got just enough voices? Who are the people I'm talking to regularly? What are they doing? It's okay to do a little bit of an inventory of that and just a little check of where do I actually want to go? Who do I need to help me get there? And am I still having fun with this? And I think that's the thing. Like there's a lot of groups that are like we're going to earn some money and I love money. We all need more money. But it's there's no point working through the best bits of your life. And that, again, I think the pandemic really, like, slapped so many of us where we went, oh, I'm working hard. I'm ambitious. I know I can do this and I'm working hard and I love it. And also, I don't remember the last time I had really good fun. I'm Mm -hmm. worried that my kids are getting older way too fast. I think I need a hobby. (laughs) You know, those kind of things come up and that's when we have to really go, why are we working so hard? Because the business has to fuel our life. And that can feel really luxurious if you're really tight for money. But that's when you go, if I can make some more strategic choices and let go Mm. of the head junk, I can actually earn more and work less. But more often than not, we stop ourselves doing that because it feels like cheating. Yeah. Which is a bit shit. (laughs) And on that note, no. <laughs> right. This is the stuff I'm always talking to myself about. I'm like, no, you can have all the things. You don't have to work all the hours. I don't. You don't have to yeah. feel guilty because you're sitting down and reading a book on the weekend. The list is never ending. The list will still be there on Monday. I have this talk with myself this weekend just gone. Like none of the yeah. things that I'm sitting here thinking about doing need to be done today. Yeah. 100%. I kept like catching myself um, and I usually binge watch something to like cut out that noise that was like you have that list that you and your OBM walked on on Friday mm-hmm. you could do some of that so you don't have to do any of it Monday and I'm like but why? No one's going to respond to me till Monday. No I'm not even like can't we just like chill out? Like why? Mm-hmm. Why is there this constant need? And I'm working with a coach now who's like listen I want to make you like not work ever but like have the ability to be like i'm gonna take this amount of time off and like and i know you find work enjoyable so i'm not gonna say you're never gonna work in your business but working in your business optional 
And part yeah. of me was like, yay. But then another part of me was like, <laughs> but that's who I am. My identity yeah. is so tied into working. Yes. I love working. I, I blame Thomas the engine, really. I grew up on top. I just want to be a useful little engine yeah. at all times. Yeah. And, and like you said, I, I blame that like programming. Like, dang it. Where'd that come from? Yeah. We love what we do. I love working, but I don't want it to be all of me with yeah. nothing else to talk about at a party. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm a really boring person now. Except if you're a copywriter or a marketer. <laughs> Then we go, let's right. talk about, and that's, you know, those realizations are important to keep working at and keep building up the muscles because that's all it is. It's just, you get a bit more practice. I'm embarrassed to say that I had to train myself to read for longer than 10 minutes without checking my phone. You know, that, that mm. took some effort because I just got out of practice. And it's same with knocking off at the end of the day and not working in whatever zones, like whether it's Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday or Wednesday, wherever, but choosing some zones where you rest and restore and not feeling yeah. guilty or anxious about not working. Yeah. It's practice. It's really hard, especially when you like what you do. Yeah, 100%. I used to say working was my hobby. And I have to go find a real hobby. Yes. Interior design. That'll be my new hobby. Anyway. I'm trying plants. Like I'm trying to You're gonna learn. try to keep other other things alive. Yeah. That's my thing right now. I'm trying to learn. I went to the library and I got some books on indoor plants. Like I'm 97. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I love that you went to the library. I didn't go to it. I went to the library. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so good. I like to say I'm a plant mom, but my plants, I cheated. I got low maintenance. Like, you can't kill them. It'd be really hard to kill these plants. Those are the type of plants I've got. So yeah. I love the plant vibe, but I have to be really serious about my skill set for keeping anything that doesn't make noise alive. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm hungry. Or I'm, I'm wet. You know, like I need to use the bathroom. If those, if you can't alert me to those sounds, unfortunately, yeah. If you don't make human slack sounds, I can't. I can't help you. I need. I need that, but not have these easy plants. So I hear. I don't you. know. I'll find something. Yeah. It's an ongoing. It's a work. We're work in progress, aren't we, Christina? We're just works in progress. Yes. Where can people find all your lovely things? Oh, yes. Okay. So my business is Copyright Matters and that's my website, copyrightmatters.com is where all the things are. Perfect. It's hummingbirds. You'll see my big ginger face all over the cover. <laughs> I love your big ginger face. Thank you, my friend. And I hope to see you more often and I'll let you get back to the kiddos who are home. And thank yeah. you so much for coming on. No, thank you. This is a good chat. I mean, I hope people listening have found some juicy bits because I realize we've gone for almost an hour now. They better. They better. No, I think, I I think um, you enlightened us and you're a perfect positive to my pessimism. <laughs> That's why you made a good team. That's why we made a good team. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, have a great day. You I'll too. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye.